0: This is Laura London and you're listening to a special quarantine edition of Speaking of Young. I started this new series in the spring of 2020 during the coronavirus lockdown when I decided to spend my extra time at home interviewing some of my friends about the interesting work that they do. Joining us today for the sixth edition in this series are Geshe Damcho Gyaltsin at the Drepung Losling Monastery in South India and Marika Hensley in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Damcho Gyaltsin is a Geshila Rampa, the equivalent of a PhD, in the Galupa tradition of Tibetan Buddhism. He attended Drepung Losling Monastic University at the Drepung Losling Monastery in South India, where he has been residing since, is it 1986? Geshila? Uh, since
1: uh, 1983.
0: Okay, so residing since 1983. Currently, Geshe Damcho serves as the monaster- at the monastery as a senior teacher of Buddhist philosophy and held the title of disciplinarian in 2016. Drepung Losling is considered one of the three great monasteries and the home monastery of His Holiness the 14th Dalai Lama. Originally established near Lhasa, Tibet in 1416, It once housed over 10,000 monks. After being forced to leave Tibet in 1959 and come to India as exiles, its monks reestablished the college in South India. This monastery is part of the Galupa sect of Tibetan Buddhism, its largest and most important school of thought. It's headed by the Dalai Lama whose teachings are considered to be the purest form of Tibetan Buddhism. In 1998, Drepung Losling and its North American seat in Atlanta, Georgia, established an academic affiliation with Emory University to promote cultural understanding and scholarly interchange. This historic affiliation between two major institutions of learning was inaugurated by His Holiness the Dalai Lama on May 12, 1998. In addition to its academic and spiritual programs, Drepung Losling is committed to helping preserve the endangered Tibetan culture which today leads a fragile existence in the exiled refugee communities in India and Nepal. In, conjunct- in conjunction with Richard Gear Productions, it coordinates the Mystical Arts of Tibet world tours, that's where I met Geshe Damcho, and oversees the Drepung Losling Educational Fund a sponsorship program for the adoption of monks in training at Drepung Losling Monastery. Marika Hensley is a third-generation New Mexican who grew up with horses, dogs, cats, soccer balls, and lots of art in the dirt of Santa Fe and Taos. She is a lifelong lover of wild beings, sacred landscapes, and terrible puns devoted to discovering and embodying a path of place-based ecocultural stewardship. She earned a master's degree in environmental sciences with a concentration in ecology and conservation from Emory University, focusing on human-wildlife conflict in Ladakh, India, where she spent a year as a Fulbright researcher at the Snow Leopard Conservancy India Trust. And for three summers, she was the Emory Program Assistant for the Tibet Mind-Body Sciences Summer Abroad. She has a background in Tibetan studies, community conservation, and religion and ecology. Marika is the recipient of a Fulbright Nehru Student Research Grant, Santa Fe Community Foundation Michael Currier Scholarship, and Los Alamos National Laboratory Foundation Senator Pete Dominici Scholarship. She is currently the program coordinator for the Santa Fe Watershed Association, an environmental conservation organization, and is involved in the ecological restoration of Santa Fe County, exploring place-based ecocultural stewardship and radical humility. This interview is being recorded on Wednesday, July 1st, 2020, through the magic of Skype. Boy, that was a lot. Are you guys still with me? Yes. <laughs> yes. Welcome, yes, yeah. and thank you for being here. Uh, yeah, OK,
1: my pleasure, yeah. It's my pleasure. Thank you both so
0: much. Thank you for having me p- be part of this. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Geshe Domcho yeah. and I are used to seeing each other on Skype um, every week or so, sometimes every day, every week. And I met Geshe Damcho when he was on the Mystical Arts of Tibet tour in the United States in 2011. And Marika, I think I met you the year after at the Mabel Dodge Lewin House in 2012, uh, when there was another group there. It wasn't Geshe Damcho's group, it was a different group. So where should we begin? Marika, how did you get involved with
2: the monks <laughs> it's always a wonderful story to tell <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> and and let me
0: just add you two also know each other so the three of us have all met so
1: <laughs> yes, yeah of course yeah, yeah. and and Keshi damcho has yeah.
0: been to my home and been to Marika's home so I'll stay back and let
2: you guys tell us the story <laughs> Well, I, I'll make mine quick so that geshe can can elaborate, but um, I was lucky enough to meet the first group of mystical arts of Tibet monks when I was 10 years old in 2004. Um, it was kind of a coincidence, a friend of my mom's had a friend who was offering the monks dinner after they had blessed the school that she was a principal of. And so we just kind of were able to tag along to this dinner. And of course, later I learned that um, the monks are, you know, are touring and they're sharing their knowledge and their experience of Tibetan Buddhism and Tibetan culture, and they're trying to raise awareness. And um, one of the many ways that people can support them on the road is by offering them a meal or asking them to, inviting them to bless their homes and businesses and things like that. But that evening, we, my mom and I just happened to tag along to this dinner and we happened to sit next to the translator of that group. So uh, we were able to have a pretty in-depth conversation about Tibet and Buddhism. And I had never really known anything about Tibet, I had heard about it. And of course, I had heard about His Holiness the Dalai Lama. So it was it was a surreal and special experience to get to talk with this very knowledgeable and wonderful monk. Um, and I was at a Montessori school at the time, I think I was in fourth grade. Um, and so I called up the director of the school and asked if I could bring the monks to the school <laughs> The next day because they were leaving the day after that um and the monks kindly agreed and the director of my school kindly agreed to to invite the monks to come and so they they came to my school and they did some chanting and they talked more about tibet and then the thing that really um got me hooked on (laughs) being friends with the monks for a very long time was that after the blessings and after the conversations they came out on the playground and they started playing basketball with all the kids and gaga and all of these other games and they were so joyful and playful. And of course, we had also just seen them being so spiritual and knowledgeable and profound. And so I think for a 10-year-old, me, that was a very important teaching and lesson and something that was very inspiring to me, that one person could be both so committed to their austere in some ways uh spiritual practices but being a very serious scholar and spiritual practitioner and a a very compassionate person but also how important humor and playfulness was to them um that really stuck with me and and my mom as well and so that was kind of the moment that um started this years-long friendship now and really shifted the course of my life honestly and so it was from from that moment that we became involved with every group of monks including Geshe Tanjala's group that came to Santa Fe and it was through the Döpung monks that I uh, became interested in attending Emory University for college and um, going to India on the Emory study abroad program, and and so I was sort of able to dive more deeply into learning all about Tibet, and um, so I feel really lucky for that. And it's it's always amazing to look back on that because it it does seem like such a random event that happened, but my my whole life has really been shaped by that. Including Geshila's presence in my life. So I'm very grateful.
0: Yes, that's wonderful. And Geshila, are you still there?
1: Yes, yes, madam.
0: What is I'm your, here, yeah. yeah, so you were here in the United States for two years. Back then, the groups of two groups of monks would come for two years at a time and tour really North America, the United States, and I think Canada and Mexico, and then go back and another group of monks would come. I think now they're doing it for one year at a time. And of course, since the coronavirus, things are very different. And we'll get into that later. But Geshe Damcho, would you tell us about your, well, I don't even know where to begin, your... Tell us about your time in the United States, but then I want to go back and hear about how you became a monk. So what was your tour like, your visit to the U.S. and what you did here?
1: Okay. Uh, I was in United States in 2010 and 2011. Right. For two years, uh, my man... Uh, responsibility was uh, I gave some different types of this uh, philosophy, uh, different different types of uh, lectures. You know.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, there's many uh, different uh, university, uh, different status. So uh, also I shared my tradition traditionally. Uh, different chantings, different prayers.
0: Chantings and uh, prayers, yeah. Yeah,
1: prayers. Uh, also, we created many uh, different sand mandalas, you know? Sand mandalas, as you know.
0: right.
1: Sand mandalas, yeah. Uh, those things, uh, uh, what I did uh, at that time. Also, I got very, Uh, Important uh, different experience from Western people. So, because uh, they are quite uh, different uh, Tibetan culture and Western culture, they are, you know, quite uh, different. There are many different, you know. Yeah. So, I learned, uh, yeah, so how to communicate each other, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, how to talk. Uh, each other, Western people and uh, uh, Tibetan people, you know, how to contact between uh, uh, nationally each other. Uh, Also, I met uh, many uh, people, very uh, wonderful people like uh, Morikas mom uh, Teresa and uh, some uh, uh, people wasn't uh, with us now, you know, past, past, I will like, uh, I'm a Marshall.
0: Marsha Keegan, uh, so,
1: yes. Yeah, Marsha Keegan. Uh, I remember uh, uh, her, she very well, you know? Yes. Uh, so, I stayed in many uh, different families' houses, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, in Santa Fe, and Taos, and in California, New York City, Uh, Any other different places, Uh, so before my tour, you know, uh, I uh, I couldn't uh, uh, talk each other very, uh, you know, in English. Outside, in English, Mm -hmm. or uh, you know, I couldn't share very openly, you know. So eventually, I has been quite open. My mind is quite open, you know. So. That's brought for me, uh, to improving my daily practice of compassion, loving kindness, uh, and, uh, altruism practice, so on. So, I thought, yeah, it's, just, uh, if you would like to improve your daily practice of compassion, loving kindness, we should, uh, meet uh, many different peoples, you know. Uh, background, different backgrounds, like different religions. I met many uh, Christian, uh, some Christianity people, you know, also Jewish people. Uh, I went to uh, many different types of uh, churches and uh, synagogue, you know. Different churches so, and
0: synagogues, yes. Yeah,
1: different churches and synagogues. So I got many uh, new experience, you know, from those things so i think uh, i was l- lucky you know uh, i got those uh, very good experience from western people uh you know after uh, tour of united united states we went to south korea for one month also i met wonderful people in south korea you know communities many families also uh, uh I had some experience uh, uh, Korean, uh, uh, what's that, their uh, different, uh, their, their own cultures, you know, traditions. Yes. So, yeah, I got those things. So I feel like uh, I was le- very lucky, you know, yeah. uh, I went to the tour, you know.
0: That you were on the tour. And so it was really a two way street. Not only were you, traveling, yeah. teaching us, but you were learning from us as well. And something really stood out to me about what you just said about compassion and developing compassion through interacting and and meeting and, and learning from people who are different, different backgrounds, different yeah. cultures, different religions. Yes. And I love that. Yes. I love having friends who – think differently than I do believe differently. And I, I get so much from that. And um, that is, I don't know, Marika, do you want to jump in there and say anything about that?
2: Well, it it definitely I I heard that and smiled as well. Mm -hmm. I I definitely feel similarly. And I, like geshe I guess I both feel very grateful to and and you as well Laura I feel grateful to have friends and um people in my life who are different and have different experiences and um know differently than I do Mm -hmm. and it really helps to open my mind and and practice compassion and and I I know that I think part of why it's especially profound when geshe says it is that we know that he really lives it and, um, and that helps the rest of us to live it as well. So that's right. something I'm grateful for, for, for Geshe-la to be in my life as well.
0: Right. And he mentioned your mother, Teresa Vorenberg, who is a friend of mine. She is such a lovely person and she is a goldsmith. She's had a gallery on Canyon Road in Santa Fe, which I highly recommend if anybody is in Santa Fe, visit Santa Fe, that you look for Teresa Vorenberg Goldsmiths, and I will put a link to her gallery in the show notes for this episode on the website, speakingofyong.com, and Teresa was very actively involved in the monk's Time in Santa Fe, as was Marsha Keegan. She passed away in 2016. And I wanted one of you, both of you, to talk a little bit about her because she and her husband, Harmon, is it Houghton? Houghton? I think Houghton. Houghton. Harmon Houghton. They, yeah. uh, Marsha was a Photojournalist who's written many, many books, and she's traveled to Tibet. And she, a book, the book that she was working on before she died was published a couple months after she passed away, about the similarities between the Tibetans and the Native Americans of the Southwest. And we can talk about that later. I'm actually going to ask Carmen if he would come on and do an episode with me about it, but. I think Marsha and Harmon were instrumental in bringing the Dalai Lama to the United States originally. Is that true? Do either of you know?
1: Yes. I, uh, I'm not sure. yeah, oh, I think uh, Monica uh, knows better than me. I think uh, I, oh, no. <laughs> I heard about, about that. You heard about that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah also, I think... uh, she, uh, Marsha uh, showed me, uh, you know, uh, some pictures uh, uh, of uh, his holiness uh, first visiting in United States. So she show, showed me some pictures, you know. Mm-hmm. Also, she mentioned uh, about that. Uh, and I, th- I guess uh, it was in 1978, or maybe 9. I'm not sure mm-hmm. uh, exactly ever, uh, you know. I mm-hmm. think maybe uh, Murka knows about that. Uh, so, uh, I believe that, yeah, she did, she did, uh, yeah. Uh, first, uh, His Holiness brought in the United States. Yeah, I think she did good things, mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure if if she was the one who brought His Holiness or if, I, I'm not sure that, I think Carmen will be the best person to ask, but I know that um Marsha Often spoke about how she and Harmon were His Holiness's first security guards in America. Oh, right. That's right. That's <laughs> and right. And so she said they. I think they met in New York City, and um, th- at that time His Holiness was not a well-known global celebrity, and so they just drove him around in their car in New York City, and um, they got to be friends. And I, they Harmon will have some amazing stories and so then I think that that for sure was was a connection so I'm not sure if they had some something to do with bringing his holiness or if they had more to do with kind of protecting him and coordinating his schedule once Mm -hmm. he was in America um but but somehow you know Marsha was from Oklahoma and then she came to New Mexico um uh, for for college, actually, first, I think. and um, and so she was the the one who kind of established that connection between Tibet and the southwestern u s. and particularly the Hopi. She organized a meeting between the Hopi elders and His Holiness very early on. um. I, I think in the 70s, like Gisela said. So um, so it was from that time that, uh, that Tibet has been connected
0: mm-hmm. and more then,
2: intimately. Yeah.
0: More intimately, right. And then how did the Mystical Arts of Tibet tour begin? How did it form? And this was, I think, in the 1990s, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Do either uh, of you know? It is, uh, uh, you know, first tour began, uh, it was around uh, 1986, I think. 1986,
0: we, okay.
1: Yeah, because uh, we started uh, uh, to build a new prayer hall at okay. that time, you know, because uh, in 1985, uh, Shisolini Dalai Lama gave a college teaching in Bodhgaya in Bihar, so I think Bodhgaya, Murkha knows yeah, very well. <laughs> so, at that time, uh, many, many uh, monks came from Tibet to, res- to receive the uh, Kalachaga teachings. Then also they uh, would like to join different uh, monasteries, like Devon Monastery and Ghandan Sarah so on. At that time, I guess, uh, more than uh, Three hundred monk came to in Devolosana Monastery, new monk. So in, we, in South, let me uh, just clarify
0: in South India.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Before uh, they came to in Bodh Gaya to, uh, to receive, uh, to receive Kalachaka teaching. After that, they joined in Devlalasini Monastery. Uh, so we uh didn't have capacity to uh gather, you know, in the prayer hall. It's, it was very small. Oh, okay. Then we, we started uh, uh, to build a new prayer hall. That's why we uh, didn't uh, spend of uh, money. Then uh, somebody, uh, you know, S- Sino monks and some um, uh, abbot with the Sino monks they uh, discussed how to do. Then, uh, you know, a uh, Rumbuche, uh, he was a Tibet house, uh, director of Tibet, Tibet House in New Delhi. He knows uh, uh, Glenn Mullen. Glenn Mullen,
0: yes. Oh, Glenn
1: Mullen, yeah. Both of you know, right?
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, uh, Rumbuche uh, uh, and Glenn Mullen, uh, uh, already, you know, uh, they know each other, so... Then Rinpoche uh, brought Glimmol uh, in New Delhi. Then uh, Losling officers, some Losling officers went to there. They uh, uh, had a meeting for the uh, start tour. So then uh, they to decided start the to go.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, started a tour. At that time, Molly was a uh, uh, main guide, you know? Main guide. Right. And Geshel uh, Losling Tenzi was first uh, Translator in the group in the tour
0: Geshe Song Tenzin, who is now the head of the Drepung Losli yes. Uh, yes, monastery in Atlanta, the North American yes. seat, and he's also a professor at Emory University. Is that right, Marika?
2: It is. Yep. And yes. and he is the he he's the director of the Mystical Arts of Tibet tour now as well so he he, was, he wears uh, a lot of hats
0: <laughs> he wears a lot of yes. hats and so he was a monk at the Drepung Losling Monastery in South India he became involved with the creation of the tour he was part of the first group to come to the United States and served as the translator and then eventually he decided to stay in the US and start the Drepung Losling Institute in Atlanta he disrobed and married and he's also a professor. So, Geshila, would you tell us how the educational system works at the monastery? So, not only is Drepung Losling a monastery, it's also a monastic university. And when I was reading your intro, I mentioned that your title is la Rampa. And that is yeah. equivalent, if we had to equate it to something, to a PhD but it takes a total of 24 years of study is that true
1: uh, i uh, studied about uh, uh, 20 years 20 years uh, for, for, for 20 years you know but this philosophy mm-hmm. uh in daimon losling monastery uh i been i have been study study about uh 13, 13, fourteen years. Fourteen years after that, uh, I joined uh, to take exam. Exam, you know, uh, Galupa University uh, for six years. Total, where where is start, that
0: Galupa University?
1: Uh, Galupa University head office uh, is uh, uh, it was in Blakubi. It's Nyabe Sarah Monastery. You know, uh, Ganden and uh, Sarah. Uh, and Daipung, uh, and another some monasteries like Ratu uh, or uh those, uh, you know, after graduation of their own monastery, then we had to join uh, to take examination from Geluba University.
0: Okay, and for so the, all, to,
1: to, to be a Geshilharamba. To degree. be a
0: Geshilharamba. So all of those those universities that you mentioned, those are all located in the same general area of South India. Is that correct?
1: Yes, yes. 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 Okay. Yes.
0: So you had to go there for a year for additional teachings and what was it that was taught there? Are you allowed to tell us that you couldn't learn at where you were?
1: Yeah, we... After graduation of devil Law education, then uh, we had to learn uh, higher, higher, some uh, deeper level Buddhist philosophy, uh, which is uh, Indian uh, master's commentary, like uh, Nagarjuna's commentary and uh, Asanga's commentary.
0: Commentary,
1: uh, okay. Yeah, Chandakiti's commentary. We uh, basically, uh, you know, Topics is not much different, same, but we had to learn more, deeper, deeper, you know, deeper, deeper, level. Deeper, level. deeper, deeper, okay. So that's where uh, we had to learn to, uh, deeper, level philosophy after graduation of developing education. Uh, so we, when we joined in Global University, we just uh, had to take uh, examination. Okay. Uh, st- during study, we had to stay. The- we own monastery, you know. From Dabong Monastery, we can stay in Dabong. Sarah monastery, uh, you know, who would like to join uh, to exam, examine in Gilbert University, they had to study in their own monastery. We don't have a. Uh, there is a very big university, uh, global University. You know, we have uh, only uh, like. Uh, Head of Global University uh, uh, Examination board, board, of Examination.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you, you finally you got this degree, and not all of the monks obtain this high degree. Is that correct?
1: Uh, yes, madam. Yeah. And it so is, uh, quite, quite it's a uh, to, uh, you know, to get uh, Geshel Harampa degree. So uh it is a uh, topic is very heavy it's very deep you know so we we had to use uh, we, we had to learn those topic with the logician you know many different reasons logician logic. uh, like uh logic uh, uh is logic you know dinner hence logic so there there's uh, some um, particularly some uh, logic uh, commentary, you know, so we have to learn those things.
0: And debate Uh, is a very large part of your training, right? You debate each other, the monks debate each other, and it's a very
1: physical activity. Yes, madam, yes, madam. We, uh, where we uh, uh, do debate uh, to learn Buddhist philosophy, because uh, when we meditate, you know, on like emptiness, uh, on permanent, on recognition, so on. Uh, We uh, had to use many different types of reasons, you know, not only uh, to remain, our mind to uh, remain on only one single object. We had to um, uh, use many different types of reasons to meditate uh, we, there are two different types of meditation, uh, like uh, analytical meditation and uh, placement meditation. We call it uh, uh, Shamada. Shamada, Sanskrit word is Shamada, meditation. It is single-pointed mind meditation. Uh, another one uh, we, we call the uh, mindfulness, uh, What's to say, uh Tibetan word Uh, halton. Uh, Uh, I think it's a word. Sanskrit word. Uh, maybe. Marika, can you remember?
2: <laughs> is it is it um calm abiding Geshila?
1: Uh, I'm not calm, sure. calm abiding. Yeah, it calm is a shini. Calm abiding.
2: Right? Yeah, like calm
1: abiding shini. Yeah, but
2: yeah, mindfulness, shene. I think, also.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it, it's called, oh yeah, it's, it's fun. I can't remember Sanskrit word. Anyway, it's a, we, there are two different types of meditation. We, Galupa traditionally, uh, meditation, we recognize, uh, analytical meditation is very important to train our mind, you know. To train to reduce, mind. Yeah, to reduce anger, ego, jealousy, attachment, uh, misconception, you know, mind, so on. We uh, need many different types of reasons, you know. Those uh, we have to get from debate, you know, each other. From debating debate. each other, debate. Yeah, so debate. So I think uh, in Gelugpa tradition, uh, debate debate is very very important to learn Buddhist philosophy.
0: Okay, and so we mentioned Galupa several times, and I'd like for you to explain to the listeners who might not be aware about the different kind of sects within Tibetan Buddhism. There are four different schools, right? Yes. And would you tell us yes, what ma'am. those are?
1: Yeah, first is uh Nyumaba tradition. Nyumaba tradition, it was uh, began in... Uh, Eighth century, the beginning of eighth century, uh, King Tisong Detsen, uh, invited a uh, Nalinda scholar. His name was Shanti Deva, Shanti Sh- 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 He, uh, King Tisong Detsen, he invited uh, Nalinda master, uh, who was uh, Sh- Shandarachita. He brought uh, Nalinda t- traditionally philosophy. Uh, he brought in Tibet, you know, so since that uh, Numaba tradition uh, start in 8th century. Eventually then uh, comes uh, uh, Sajaba tradition after that uh, Kajiva tradition uh, after that uh, 14th century in 14th century uh, came Ginooba came to uh, in 14th century It came to Tibet from India. Lama Tsongkhapa. Okay. uh, Founder was Lama Tsongkhapa. His name was Lama Tsongkhapa, yeah.
0: Okay. And Marika, you studied Buddhism at Emory. Is that right?
2: A little bit, yeah. I I more studied Tibetan language and culture, history. Okay. so but, it's
0: the Tibetan studies at Emory University, which is in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what yeah. were the classes that you took there? You you said Tibetan language and Tibetan culture.
2: Yeah, um, I took several years of Tibetan language. Um, and uh, there were a few other kind of specialty classes, one like Tibetan film or films about Tibet. And, um, then I was able to study abroad in India for a program that actually doesn't exist at Emory anymore, but it's, um, it was the spring Tibetan studies program, which emphasized culture and religion and philosophy. So, um, in India where we studied at the Sara College of Tibetan studies in just just below Dharamsala, um, but it's affiliated with the Institute of Buddhist Dialectics in Dharamsala, and um, so there I was able to take one kind of semester of Buddhist philosophy and more language and culture history things like that.
0: And you said that that's outside of Dharamsala, so that's in north northern India as opposed to where Geshila is in South India. And Dharamsala, people, a lot of people may have heard of because that is the actual home where the Dalai Lama resides, way up north in the mountains. And so you were a student at Emory University, and why does Emory have a Tibetan culture program? It's kind of unusual, isn't it?
2: it is yeah um it again it really is primarily because of Tshelob Zin Negi who's the director and founder of the Dponmosling um center in Atlanta mm-hmm. he's you know runs the mystical arts of Tibet tour and he studied at Emory University for his PhD um shortly after he first came to America on the mystical arts of Tibet tour. and um, so he he's really the reason that Emory has this connection and he's he's sort of the doer of of His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, so or one of one of them, I should say. So um, it was really at His Holiness's wishes that that Geshe Lobsang La should study at. Emory and you know there were a few professors that were very supportive of him and of Tibet and so it was then through him that um, His Holiness the Dalai Lama became uh, an honorary distinguished professor at Emory and of course as time went on and continues to go on having that connection with Emory and having the Drepung monks Sort of headquartered in Atlanta has attracted more Tibetans to settle in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and so um, the, as the Tibetan community grows and more Tibetans study there, um, of course there are more Tibetan scholars and um, collaborators and and contributors to the mm-hmm. visions of His Holiness that Geshe-la is that Geshe kind of works towards and manifests um and so th- there's kind of a, a combination of of features there um yeah there are some professors outside the tibetan community that had experience in india or in tibet working with the tibetan community or working researching tibetan buddhism and things like that um, but actually also at emory they're Kind of became this bridge of bridge with science and uh, science professors, and so um, that has then provided kind of this whole other branch for the expansion of, I guess, the relationship that Emory has with the Tibetan community in some way. So it, it's um, it's not confined to students at Emory who are studying Tibetan related subjects. In fact, actually that number is fairly low still um, or it might have even been higher in the past but um, there are Tibetan students who have special um, I I think there's a special scholarship for Tibetan students to study at Emory and um, so there is kind of this broader scholarly relationship between the Tibetan community and every that um, includes but is not limited to act- the actual Tibetan studies subjects.
0: Mm-hmm. And Geshe Damcho, you were telling me about a new science center at the monastery where you are, that was inaugurated in 2017. And His Holiness was there. Would you tell us about that? And Marika, were
2: you there for that? I was not there for that, but I have been to the center.
0: Geshe-Lo, is this Dreypung Losling Meditation and Science Center?
1: Yeah. We we built a new, uh, a very big uh, building, uh, as Marika knows. Uh, She knows, yeah. It is... uh, uh for the you know universal learning meditation and uh uh Tibetan culture you know Tibetan tradition who would like to learn you can join that center you know there are very good uh, uh rooms and uh you know uh everything is there you know we perfect for who would like to join uh who would like to learn uh, Buddhist philosophy, meditation, Tibetan culture. So, uh, main thing uh, we uh, one ambition is that you know for the uh, outside people who would like to join to us, uh, we opened the that building. Also, Tibetan Buddhist, uh, Tibetan monks uh, had to learn modern science. You know, they have modern to learn science,
0: modern uh, science.
1: Modern science. It it was. Uh, uh, you know, first uh, it was started by His Holiness, Dalai Lama, give give uh, advice, you know. Then we started uh, uh, that program for monks uh, uh, to learn science. So we had to learn, continue modern science, you know. So we need a uh, specific uh, center for the learning science uh, because we had to invite uh, many uh Professor, you know, scientists, professor from Western and other places. So we uh, need, uh, you know, uh, good rooms, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and uh, classrooms, you know, and meditation rooms, so on. So that center is very important to this uh, uh, worldwide people, you know, global people, I think. It's very important uh, center.
0: So Marika, would you tell us, do you know what kind of sciences the monks, so the monks would travel from the monastery in South India to Atlanta to go to Emory and learn, stay there for what, two years, study science and then go back to India and teach. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So um, again, Geshe Lobsang Tenzin started this, Program uh, at the wish of His Holiness the Dalai Lama called the Emory Tibet Science Initiative. And um, the goal is to slowly make um, certain fields of science part of the monastic curriculum so unfortunately but also fortunately for the young monks they they have more to learn and more to study now than ever (laughs) but um, his holiness really felt I think like it was very important for young monks and you know monks coming up now to have an experience and have some knowledge of of the modern sciences and so the, I mean, the, I think the fields that His Holiness is most interested in are neuroscience and physics, and particularly quantum physics.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and you know, it, he has the um, the Mind Life Institute, of course, and um, there there are researchers in all kinds of uh, disciplines, kind of brid- bridging these things. Of course, he's written a book about the relationship between Buddhist philosophy and, and science called the universe within a single atom. Um, so His Holiness has always been really interested in science and so uh, that slowly getting incorporated. And so Geshe Lobsang and Nagila started the Emory Tibet Science Initiative to support His Holiness's vision. Um, so part of that program meant that six monastics would visit to Emory. The first group was there for three years and then the, the next three groups have been there for um, two years each. So um, yeah, and then as part of that, a group of Tibetan translators from India and from America and including those monastics actually studying science at Emory uh, would meet to start translating and creating textbooks um, in Tibetan and also, as I understand it, in a more traditional learning style, which includes debate, which Geshe mentioned, Tamjala mentioned earlier in our conversation. Um, so that that's kind of been one piece um, where monastics, you know, specifically selected for their skill or their knowledge, um, they would visit Emory and work on the textbooks. Um, but then each summer, professors from America or sometimes from Europe would visit the three main monasteries that Gislab mentioned, De Pumkann and Sera. and they would teach uh, a larger cohort cohort of monks. Um, and nuns, different sciences. So um, I think in total, I, I know they, they take the philosophy of science, biology, physics, and neuroscience. Um, I I think that's all of the classes. I know at Emory, they also take or a lot of them take chemistry and math, um, but they also can take other courses as well. um, Mm -hmm. Anthropology or um, environmental science or things like that. Um, So there's, there's a small bit more flexibility at, at Emory. um, But yeah, then I think the, the first cohort at the monastery at Jepong just graduated last year, they finished all of their coursework from something like four or six years. Geshe Tamchila probably knows more, but um, now the the, my understanding is that the program is transitioning to more uh, of a self-taught situation. So now the Western professors are playing a more supportive role, and it's actually the Tibetan monastics themselves, who are doing the teaching, doing okay. the curriculum building, so they're kind of shifting into the next phase of of that strategy, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so I think, but yeah, now the timing seems <laughs> to have been good. Right. Um, but fewer Western professors are now regularly going over uh, to the monasteries to to teach the monastics because now there are enough um monks and nuns who have gone through the program in India and also in America that that they're kind of doing more of the day-to-day teaching and and there are also tibet tibetans who are not monastics who are part of this program that that help teach and um run the programs as well.
0: Geshila, are you still there?
1: Yes. Great. Yes, ma'am.
0: Okay, so yeah. I kind of glossed over in the beginning, how you wound up at the monastery. And Marika, thank you for explaining all that, that that's, I, I'm just blown away by the fact that they're doing this. And yeah. really happy because uh I was, I had a, I graduated with a degree in psychology, but I had a concentration in neuroscience. And so that's kind of near and dear to my heart. But Geshe Damcho, you you and I are around the same age, and that wasn't being taught right (laughs) when you when you first arrived at the monastery uh, in the 1980s. So, what was? Would you tell us just briefly how you wound up there? Because you were born in Tibet.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So, how did you wind up? You were born in Tibet, you have brothers and sisters, mother and father. How did you wind up then living f- for really the rest of your days in a monastery in South India?
1: Yeah, I was born in uh, in the Kham region in East Tibet. Uh, there's a small village. So then uh, I grew up in, in that uh, My small village. uh, Until I was uh, twelve, my age was Mm -hmm. twelve. Around that, uh, you know, um, uh, my parents, you know, uh, they got divorced. Then my dad, I brought uh, in Lhasa. You know, Uh, he went to Lhasa. So he brought me in Lhasa. Then uh, I stayed there. Uh, for uh, until uh, twelve to sixteen, yeah, for few years, just uh, I I stayed in Lhasa, uh, with my dad. Then uh, one day I went to uh, my age was sixteen. I went to Ganden Monastery, uh, uh, funded by Lama Tsongkhapa as. I mentioned before. Right. Uh, It's a whole Gilupa, you know, whole Gilupa separate from Gandhi monastery. Uh, Wait, what do you mean? Separate
0: from, you mean?
1: Separate, separate. Separate? Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, came from Gandhi
0: monastery,
1: you know. Main, main monastery, Giluba's main monastery is uh, Ganden monastery. Okay. Because uh, uh, founder was Lama Tsongkhaba, you know? Yes. Lama Tsongkhaba. So that's, Giluba founder is, uh, was Lama Tsongkhaba. That's why we called uh, Ganden is uh, main monastery of Giluba tradition. Okay. One day I went there. It is uh, from Lhasa to there, I think... Uh, it takes for two hours from Lhasa to uh, Gandhi Monastery by or taxi or buses. Uh, yeah, distance. It's uh, from Lhasa to there. It it uh, it is uh, located uh, on the top of mountain. A mountain. The top of a mountain. Uh, yep. Yeah. So one day I went there uh, to see Gandhi Monastery. I saw some uh, peaceful monks, you know. Then uh, I I got feel like uh, oh, if I if I could um, to be a monkey, it it would be wonderful for my life. Something it's uh, I don't know. It's uh, you know I don't have any other much reason to be a monkey. Then uh, 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 my dad was with me at that time, so then asked to him. Then uh, he accepted uh, to be a monk. Uh, Then uh, he brought me uh, uh, higher rumbuche. Then uh, I took, uh, you know, first uh, ordination from him. Then continue, I stayed in Gandhi Monastery uh, since that uh, for uh, just uh, for one year, I think. One year, okay. Yep, then next year, uh, my age was 17. Then, uh, at that time, uh, the Chinese, uh, some officer, they put in the Gandhi monastery. Uh, they were judging, they, they will control other uh, monks, uh, like, um, as me, uh, who came from outside uh, of Lhasa, you know, like from Amdo. It is uh, east uh, border of Chinese, Chinese uh, you know, state. Yes. then also come come region so there are so many monks come from different places uh, to G- gandhi monastery so they uh, uh, had us like a uh, suspicion you know to be uh, increasing to increasing many monks uh, in gandhi right. monastery okay they don't like they didn't like you know right. uh, that situation then they uh, announcement that uh, to us, Oh, uh, eventually you should go back at, at your own village. It is better. Uh, it could be they're going to, you know, control. You know, they they're going to make a limited, you know, limited monk. They're
0: going to maybe, limit the number of monks. Uh, yeah, limited
1: number of monks. Maybe two hundred monk. They're going to give a chance uh, opportunity to be monk around Lhasa. You know from around Lhasa, Nyebe Lhasa. Not, not from far away, far away like a uh, far place uh, like Kham and Amdo. Okay. Amdo you had to go back your own uh, place. They mentioned uh, many times. Then uh, uh, one day I received, uh, I got some information from India. Before I, I didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dalai Lama, uh, you know, uh, his own Dalai Lama, is in, was in India, and there are many gashes, rumbashes, monks, many monks in India. They, they were preserving Tibetan Buddhist philosophy, culture, tradition, so on. So some monks, uh, you know, they went to, uh, around 1982. 1982, they went to India. Yeah, they uh, reached, you know, successfully they reached in India. We had some information. Some, I saw some pictures of monks, you know, who reached uh, to India. Mm-hmm. Then eventually I realized that, oh, maybe I, I could go in India, you know? Right. Then yeah. I, I preferred to leave Tibet. Uh, I discussed with another, my friend, uh, very close, my friend. Uh, we are, uh, memorizing we were memorizing uh, some commentary on the uh, top of roof of uh, my room then uh, we we discussed then he agreed with me oh that's that's it was very wonderful your your opening is wonderful so we should go he agreed with me then one day we went uh, we would like to we would we would we would uh, make a uh, uh, divination, you know, divination from our abbot. There is a very senior abbot. Uh, also, he, wa- he was he has been monkey before 1959, you know, mm-hmm. in Ganden Monastery. Uh, then uh, next day, yeah, we went to uh, make a divination uh, f- from him. Then he checked, you know, he checked, uh, uh, like uh, traditionally, he he mentioned to me, "Oh, you should go in India. It it was it will be wonderful for your life." Uh, My friend, if you lived, on the way, it it wasn't good for you. There's there uh, you will get some problem or there's some. There were some obstacles, you know, okay. to reach in India. So you, you, uh, I, I can't decide to leave. Then uh, we came, we came back at uh, room, at the uh, room. Then uh, he, uh, you know, uh, couldn't come with me, you Your know. Your friend he, he couldn't he come. He yeah, 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 yeah. his mind has been changed, okay. you know, to come with me. Then uh, at that time, uh, I had. Uh, after I was very lucky. Now I I can remember those things. Uh, I was very lucky at that time. I had uh, another some monk. Uh, they uh, they were uh, they were preferring to leave, you know, uh, India. Uh, so then uh, uh, eventually uh, I, I could. I could contact uh, to them, you know. You contacted before,
0: them, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, before uh, I didn't know, you know, uh, very well each other. So uh, some, I think maybe, uh, I saw I saw those monk, but uh, we didn't talk anything yeah. before before um, planning of our uh, to leave. So then, uh, anyway, I, I got very good. Uh, Companies, you know, uh, four months, four months. Yeah. Then uh, I decided to leave India. You know, uh, it was. Uh, uh, I think uh, it was around July 15. You know, 2018. Uh, then it took on the way about uh, more than three months. We. Arrived in the Kathmandu uh, in Nepal, uh, October about uh, October twenty, I think.
0: Wait, this wasn't two thousand eighteen. No, that couldn't have been.
1: Yeah, uh, to, to, uh, it was uh, nineteen
0: eighty
1: three. Nineteen eighty three. Okay. Na- yeah, nineteen eighty three. Uh, about when we live. About. Uh, uh, July 15, you know? Right. Uh, I, 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 I can tell you exact exact uh, day about July 15. When okay. we arrived in Kathmandu in Nepal uh, about uh, at uh, uh, October 20, I think. You know? Uh,
0: so you traveled
1: the, for months. How? About three, th- three months. How? Most of the time, we walked. You we, walked. We walked. Yeah. So after you know, even we didn't have any tents. You know, it was uh, summertime. You know, we didn't have uh, any tent So then, after a few days, we made a uh, temporary tent by uh, some bed sheets. You know, each right. each of monk we had a bed sheet, so we uh, used. Uh, for that shit, you know.
0: W- were you uh, in any danger of... Were you doing something illegal by... Were you escaping or was this allowed?
1: Yeah, it, it was escaping. It was
0: escaping. Totally escaping. escaping.
1: Okay. It, it was very dangerous, you know. Chinese uh, police or army, if they knew to leave us, uh, you know, uh, it was uh, totally illegal. So we... Uh, had a very scared fear, you know. Uh, it's, scared, uh, you know?
0: yeah. You could yeah, have been arrested,
1: took, right? Uh, took, uh, To cut uh, cutting by police and then putting in the jail. It's, it will be big trouble, you know. So we had a very uh, fear or scared on the way. Uh, we had to, we told uh, uh, someone asked it to us uh, where were you going
0: mm-hmm.
1: we had to tell oh we are going to see Mount Kalash yes uh, Mount Kalash was uh, it's uh, from Mount Kalash to uh, um, border it's quite near you know it's quite mm-hmm. near so we mentioned every people oh we would like to see the uh, mountain of Mount uh, Kalash you know okay that was your
0: story people, many
1: people yeah many people they they uh, go to you know see the moon Kalash. it's very often then oh it's, it's good it's good yeah there lots of pilgrims yes uh, yeah. yes so then uh, uh the way we had we eat we ate only Samba with the black tea you know we don't have is any
0: barley right
1: yeah it's uh, uh, barley flour, barley flower you know mm-hmm So we, uh, it it is uh, Tibetan uh, fast food, I think.
0: Tibetan fast fast food, okay.
1: (laughs) It's a very usual uh, food, you know, very very common food, Mm -hmm. whole whole, uh, in Tibet. So we had only Zamba with uh, black tea we didn't have any nutritional foods so then day we like we were getting weaker 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 uh then uh, that's uh, that was uh, yeah i was scared oh it's uh, could be we, we sick you know right uh it's uh, we uh, if we sick we uh it's very difficult to treat you know right. on the way uh, but, uh, uh, I was very lucky, you know, uh, I didn't uh, sick on the way. Some, my friend, they, uh, got problem, sickness problem on the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, also we got uh, some, you know, whole of monks, we got problem. We had to wait to, uh, for him uh, for a few days, you know. Oh. Uh, like that, uh, then eventually we, uh what say, uh, we uh, finished samba. We, we we didn't have any samba, you know.
0: You were out of food.
1: Yeah. We, so then uh, we begged, we begged uh, around uh, Mount Kalash. When we reached Mount Kalash, mm-hmm. it's nearby Mount Kalash. Then uh, we didn't have any food, you know. Even samba, we do not have, we didn't have. <laughs> so then uh, we begged, you know, we begged samba uh, and uh, black tea, some butters, uh, dry cheese, uh, you know. There was, we saw some uh, nomad family, you know.
0: Some nomads. Uh,
1: around, yeah. yeah, nomads uh, family, some, uh, there are nearby, around Mount Kalash. Uh, it was uh, my first begging. They shared their food with you. Yeah, they shared. Yeah, yeah. they. Also, they were quite poor. You know, you know, they didn't have much samba.
0: Yeah,
1: they uh, gave to us samba with small spoon. You know, small spoon. Uh, Yeah. Also, sometimes we had to cross quite a big river. You know, some river rivers are. Quite big, mm-hmm. so we, we uh, crossed those river. You know, it's uh, it was very dangerous for me. How did you manage uh, to do that with no equipment? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't uh, I didn't know you know swimming, you know, you how, didn't to know see how to me. swim. I, yeah, so it, it was very dangerous for me. Uh, but uh, I was also I was youngest, you know, of, of our group. Uh, so I don't know. I didn't know other monks my accompany or uh, well, they could swim or not. <laughs> uh, Whether or not I they could know. swim, you didn't know. Yeah. Then uh, we we joined uh, one by one hand. You know, mm. hand. Yeah. We we joined uh, each other uh, oh. or hand. Uh, then we uh, you know uh, crossed.
0: You Slowly we way. crossed. Wow.
1: Yeah, that way. Uh, other side. Yeah, it was very scary to me.
0: Very scary. You so know? eventually you made it. You wound up in India.
1: Yeah, then uh, I, I reached uh, in uh, October. We reached in Kathmandu, in Nepal. We stayed there for three months in Nepal. Then Tibetan Exile government, there's a small Office uh, uh, to taking care of uh, new refugee can come from uh, Tibet mm-hmm. in Tibet. So they uh, sent uh, us a different monastery uh, in Nepal. We stayed. Uh, I I stayed at the small monastery. It was uh, part of Devon, Devon branch monastery. So I uh, they sent. Uh, me uh, that monastery then uh, eventually uh, you know uh, when I came to India then yeah automatically i i attended in the monastery actually i had to i, I would uh, attend attend to gandhi monastery because uh, uh, originally i was uh, from gandhi monastery right right,
0: right.
1: so it it has been changed my uh, my ambition. Yeah, that's uh, that's my story.
0: So, how did you decide <laughs> to to go to Losling instead of ganden
1: Yeah, I mentioned before. Yeah, uh, I when uh, I was, during my stay in uh, Kathmandu, you know, mm-hmm. uh, officer they told me. They told us uh, now you uh, couldn't go in India to see Dalai Lama. He's only Dalai Lama mm-hmm. uh, because uh, in the winter time he's uh, only uh, going to visit in Gaya You know, it's uh, nearby from Kathmandu. Gaya is nearby Kathmandu. So uh, he's going to give some teachings in Gaya. Uh, then uh, it was. It will be in December. So then they going to uh, send you in December to see His Holiness Dalai Lama in Gaya. After that, you can go whatever you wish, oh, okay. uh, join different monasteries. They made a uh, plan to us. You know. Right. Then we we followed uh, that plan. So uh, I stayed uh, for three months in Kathmandu. Uh, there is a small um, Losling branch monastery. Right. Uh, also, uh, I, I got a temporary teacher, you know, a Sino monk from Losling monastery. Okay. Uh, then uh, he sent to me, you know, in double Losling monastery.
0: So you wound up there with him, and you've mentioned His Holiness's Kala Chakra teaching in Bodh Gaya and he does that every year, right?
1: Uh, not every every year, but it it is uh, very often, you know.
0: And Marika, you attended one of those, is that right?
1: Um
2: no, actually I I have not been to uh Kalachakra teaching. But uh Were you in I've Bodhgaya? been Bodh Gaya. I've I visited Bodh Gaya but just uh, At a random time, not not during a
1: teaching.
0: So, what is that? That is a holy place. Is that right?
1: Yeah, Buddha, uh, Gautam Buddha. uh, This place uh, is uh, Gautam Buddha when he uh, first attempt first. Obtained enlightenment
0: he first obtained uh, enlightenment
1: there enlightenment in there there is a, uh, we called bodhi the bodhi tree under he uh, obtained enlightenment under of bodhi uh, that's uh, bodhi tree uh, is very sacred tree we believe all whole, all of buddhist uh, we believe that very uh, most psychic, uh, you know, things that that true. There is a uh, stupa. Indian the, traditionally, there is a big stupa. You know, that that stupa is very very uh, important the whole uh, entire Buddhist. Uh, so earlier time, His Holiness uh, gives uh, many teaching. Uh, he gave many teachings in Bodh Gaya, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, every winter he uh, visited in Bodh Gaya, he gave many teachings. He gave, uh, I think he has been giving uh, Kalachakra initiation more than uh, 35 times.
0: And it, different places. A different I mean, places. I different places. Okay. Including
1: it, in Washington, D.C. Uh, in that's
0: 2011.
1: Right. That's right. I, I, I went there, I went there.
0: Yes, when you were here in the U.S., you went there, and that is a yes. quite an advanced teaching, the Kala Chakra yes. teaching, is that right? And then there is an initiation at the end? Yes. And Marika, what did you see when you were in Bodhgaya?
2: Um, well, Bodhgaya is in uh, the state of Bihar, which is one of the poorest states of India, so there, there's a lot of juxtaposition there you know it's it's a very sacred sacred place for buddhists and so you have the the main stupa there the bodhi stupa um that is just you know an incredible place and it's very peaceful and uh you also have a lot of different uh temples from different Uh, lineages not only within Tibetan Buddhism but all kinds of Buddhism because of course um, the the Buddha's enlightenment place is sacred to all Mm. Buddhists and so it's very sacred Um, and there's so much beauty there but there's also you know a lot of really severe Poverty and suffering, and and so you it it makes you really reflect on even that kind of initial realization of the Buddha himself, um, the the four sights that kind of um, set him on his path to enlightenment. Um, you can still see them in Bodh Gaya um, pretty easily, and so it's it's kind of this interesting and very raw place.
0: Mm-hmm. And would you tell us a little bit more about your time in India and what you did there?
2: Sure. Yeah, I, um, as as you now know, <laughs> I had a long-standing interest in India, but particularly in the in the Tibetan culture, and mm-hmm. I wanted to visit the monasteries and particularly Drepung Loseling and. I was just very interested in Tibetan culture. And so that was one of the reasons I went to Emory originally. Um, So I went on this spring study abroad program there in in 2015, first of all. And so I spent um, my first months in India in the north, mostly in Himachal Pradesh, which is where uh, Dharamsala is. And I was able to... um, both live the way the that spring program was organized was we we sort of lived on the sara campus for a month and we had tibetan roommates and then we moved um up to mcleod ganj which is where his holiness the dalai lama lives and we were able to stay with homestay families tibetan homestay families and then um have a month of just having our our American roommates. Um, and during those three months, we studied language and culture and Buddhist philosophy. And um, then for the last month or so, we were able to do an independent research project as part of the program. And so I elected to visit Ladakh and and do a project there. Ladakh is in the northernmost part of India and we've all probably heard about it most recently as, as the place of the border disputes happening between India and China but it is um, traditionally a Tibetan Buddhist culture um, mm-hmm. or primarily Tibetan Buddhist but also Muslim um, and very heavily influenced by Tibetan culture, although not not exactly the same. Um, the language is, uh, according to many, a dialect of of Tibetan, and they use the same script. And um, so, yeah, as as people say in India, it's kind of same same but different. <laughs> okay. Um, so I was able to go there, and um, of course, my my primary academic interest was environmental science and ecology, and so I was hoping to start trying to blend those. And so I found an organization in Leh, which is the capital of Ladakh, uh, called the Snow Leopard Conservancy India Trust. And I was able to volunteer with them and learn about their mission, which is community conservation, not just of snow leopards, but uh, snow leopard ecosystems and, and sort of the cultural relationships that Ladakhis have with Wildlife. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that had a profound impact on me. And um, Ladakh is a, a very special place. And so I fell in love with it pretty quickly. <laughs> um, yeah. And I developed close relationships with the people working in this organization. And um, so I was able to s- make connections that I could return to in future years um i also that that was the first year that i i did do a trip down to to south india and and visited the the big Gelupa monasteries at that point um including drepung um so that was very special of course because i i was able to reunite with all oh, uh, many monks that i had met through the years of my childhood in santa fe and um so so that was really special time and um yeah so i I would just
0: like to jump in there a little bit uh yeah because like i said the the groups of monks that come to the united states from Drepung losling monastery they change they can't stay here for very long it used to be two years now it's one year um so over the course of many years we get to meet a lot of different monks, because they're Mm -hmm. always changing. So I'm sure that must have been really exciting for you to reunite with a lot of them. I keep in touch with some of them uh, still on Facebook. And I've been sponsoring, I started sponsoring a young monk in 2010. And we have a relationship to this day we stay in touch it's 10 years later and he's grown and he's in his 20s now and it's a mm-hmm. wonderful program anybody can sponsor a monk and i'll have links to that in the show notes you can correspond with them and contribute to the Losling educational fund that way so you visited Losling, and also the other the other monasteries there and I just want to say that there is a big Tibetan population living in that area, which is Mungod, right? And when I say South India, it's the Karnataka state.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. Th- Karnataka yeah. Um, basically donated land to the Tibetan community, and uh, well, India in general did, but Karnataka state was the most generous. So the the biggest Tibetan communities are there uh, in Mungad, where Jyung is, and uh, actually the largest community is in Bailukube, where um, where Sera Monastery is. Or Sera, sorry, <laughs> Sera Monastery. Yep. <laughs> What? Sarah is in North India. Mm-hmm. Sara is in South India.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Geshila, just to finish up on your journey, you wound up at Draipung Losling Monastery and there is a school there as well. And so that's where you stayed and lived and went to school, and eventually, like we talked about earlier, graduated with your Geshe-La-Rampa degree, and you're still there today as a teacher, right? So you have students that you teach.
1: Yes, uh, since uh, uh, my graduation of geshe la it was 2001, uh, since that, uh, I has been staying continuously uh, in this monastery. Uh, to teach, uh, you know, uh, philosophy, uh, uh, some other new monks, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I, it has been about it for 20 years. Uh, I have been teaching many different types of Buddhist philosophy. Uh, also I share uh, some modern science, you know. Mm. Modern science and uh, what I, whatever I got uh, different experience from uh, my friend who lives in different places like uh, America, South Korea, and Europe, so so on. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I have been sharing those things uh, with other monks. Uh, yeah, so uh, still I'm, you know. I, uh, I, I feel like I still I'm a uh, student, you know, I had to learn so many things, uh, including uh, modern science and uh, yeah. uh, different uh, cultures and including uh, English language. Yes. Uh, as you know, I'm le- uh, I learned from you.
0: well we learn from each other and it's just been wonderful to stay in touch (laughs) and keep in touch and share everybody's sharing with one another things that we know and i I love that so much but when i met you in 2011 you we started speaking right away i was just amazed amazed at how well you spoke and um marika you said that what you learned in Ladakh had really affected you, and I wanted to, before we finish today, for you to tell us about what you do today in Santa Fe and what you do in regards to ecology and conservation.
2: Yeah. Um, well, these days I uh, I'm the program coordinator for Santa Fe Watershed Association, so I'm I'm kind of. Uh, exploring more urban environmental issues. The Santa Fe River is primarily, it's, it's a pretty small river and um, it's a lot of it runs through the city of Santa Fe. Um, and so it's been really interesting for me to explore more urban issues related to mm. ecology and conservation. But um, I think there are still a lot of parallels. I think a lot of environmental problems um, kind of come down to people's relationship with the land and um, people's relationships with each other. Um, so I guess in, in that way, in sort of an abstract way, you know, the the things that I have been exposed to through Tibetan Buddhism continue to be helpful tools for me. And of course, there's a Tibetan community here in Santa Fe that I try to be connected to as much as possible and um yeah but I think uh, after doing research and and spending time in India I I went back to India multiple other times after 2015 and um you know which was great but it's also nice to be back in my hometown of Santa Fe and and really try to um play kind of a role of an an outsider insider. Um, I think that being in India and having relationships as, as you and geshe has have both said with many kinds of people from all over the world with different perspectives and experiences has helped me have more of a novel perspective towards my own hometown community. Um, and so it's exciting for me to be able to um, work on, local issues here now and and really dig into um, kind of more rooted ways of of managing our natural resources and our community. So mm-hmm. um, I work on various projects with this organization. It's just a small nonprofit, but um, but it's been a great way to to get to learn about my hometown in a in a different way and my local landscape and ecology. So mm-hmm. it's been good.
0: Yeah, yeah, there is a large pop uh, Tibetan population in Santa Fe. And that's how I first got interested in Tibetan Buddhism is because I've been visiting Santa Fe uh, regularly since 1996. And then I also want to mention the films Seven Years in Tibet, uh, starring Brad Pitt. And that was that came out in 1997 in addition to another film that came out the same year called kundun about the life of his holiness the dalai lama that was directed by martin scorsese and it was written by melissa matheson who um, is no longer with us but she also wrote the screenplay for the movie et and she was married to harrison ford so those two movies seven years in tibet and kundun had a huge effect on me and then visiting Santa Fe and there is a shop on Canyon road called project Tibet. It's a little, it's actually more than just a shop. It's a piece of land there and they have actually three little shops and just visiting there and spending time in there and talking to the the people that work there and buying, uh, incense and clothing and cards and things like that and then stumbling really upon the monks that they're there every year and I want to thank Ira and Sylvia Serrett for sponsoring them sponsoring their visit every year Uh, if it wasn't for them I don't know that I would have been able to um, kind of like I said stumble upon them um merely by chance, I saw a flyer in a window. I was there for a long weekend in 2010 in December, and I saw this flyer about San Mandala being made and chanting. And I went to visit uh, there at Sarat & Sons d- there in downtown Santa Fe, I call it downtown, it's probably not really called that's the historic district there. And I met Gala Rinpoche. And a bunch of other monks. And that's how I started sponsoring a monk. And then eventually, I I saw that the that tour was traveling throughout the United States and has come through Chicago a couple of times. And I've had the entire group stay with me in my home. And uh, it's been a wonderful relationship. I've seen them in Atlanta and Dallas and lots of other places. So I want to thank everybody involved, your mom, Teresa Vorenberg, Marsha Keegan, the Serrets, And uh, I want to encourage everybody, please, to um, check out the links that I'll be including in the show notes for this episode. And before we wrap up today, is there anything else either of you would like to add that we haven't already touched on?
1: Yes. So... I feel like another one feeling. Uh, now I I got certainly like uh, s- also Santa Fe is uh, you know uh, special place uh, for me because uh, during my tour I stayed there uh, sometime uh, for one month. You know,
0: yes, uh,
1: in Santa Fe. I feel it's a uh, peaceful place, you know. Uh, there's uh, uh, there's not much uh, developing very big building like in the city any other right. places. It's uh, uh, it looks like a Tibetan village in Tibet, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. My own village is uh, similar. Houses, uh, people—you know—they're <laughs> mm-hmm. not much busy. You know, they are going slowly, peacefully. You know, sometimes, oh, maybe they don't have any jobs. You know, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they are—they are just—they are just, they're just um, going around. You know, slowly mm-hmm. talking. Yep. <laughs> it's it's uh, similar <laughs> like uh, Tibetan tradition. So uh it is uh, very uh, interested for me uh, to stay there uh, you know there is a monk's house uh, um, uh, our, uh, our family's uh, old house uh, we called monk's house you know as uh, morika knows mm-hmm. uh, when i was there you know she when she was free morika was free then always uh, she came to uh, visit. She came uh, to visit us. Uh, you know, we we at that time uh, I couldn't talk much. You know, in English, my English was quite poor at that time. Even uh, she c- came to uh, meet me. Uh, then uh, sometime uh, 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 I went to outside. Then uh, she uh, she drove for me. You know, she drove uh, for you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she took me everywhere, different places. Whatever I want to go, you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so um, our family and Marshall, you know, she, she wasn't, she is not with us, unfortunately. Anyway, and uh, Morikas, uh, uh, you know, uh, and uh, her mom, you know. Also, I'm, uh, I'm very grateful. To her mom, Uh, uh, when I uh, one day uh, I was very sick uh, with my digestion. Then your digestion, uh, yeah, digestion problem I got. So uh, Teresa came to me. You know, she took me uh, this uh, small hospital in that Santa Fe. I think uh, that doctor uh, had private doctor. I think. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. A, a chiropractor. Yeah, chiropractor. I think. Uh, uh, so, she 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 paid, you know, for me everything. She took care uh, I, of you. I didn't, yeah, yeah, I didn't pay nothing. You know, even one dollar I didn't pay. So, she... I'm then eventually, I was okay. You know, uh, I was normal. Then, uh, so, yeah. Also, we went many times to uh, uh, Murka's home, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they invited us during uh, uh, basketball uh, World Cup, World Cup uh, game, you know. The World Cup, then, to uh, watch the World, World Cup, yeah. Yeah, to watch the World Cup game. So they uh, prepared a big lunch for us, you know, all of monks. So yeah, we have been very enjoyed uh, uh, with many different families uh, in Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. So uh, Santa Fe is very close to me. Also mm-hmm. Chicago I, I went there many times uh, uh, you know uh, so you invited um, my group at your home. you prepared a very big uh, lunch. For us, yes, you know, we, that was fun. We we, <laughs> we chanted, yes yeah, small, short chanted for your horse blessing. Yes, you know, oh, wonderful, you know, people. So I can remember those things uh, very clearly. <laughs> Great memories. You know, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm making a little emotionally. You
0: know, yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It is a yeah. wonderful connection we all have. Yes. Marika, do you have any closing thoughts?
2: Just to say thank you and I, I, thanks for including me today, and and thank you, of course, to Geshe Thamdrul for everything he gives to the world, and um, also for my own life. I'm I'm really grateful for the impact that the Drepung monks have had on my life, and um, yeah, it's hard to imagine what. What I would be doing if I hadn't met <laughs> the monk mm-hmm. so long ago. So I'm I'm grateful for that, and I think especially during these kind of unimaginable times, I feel so grateful to have um, have been exposed to Tibetan Buddhism. I don't consider myself a Buddhist, but there are so many tools that um, I feel so grateful to have that. Um, people like Geshe Thamjala have have shared with me so generously. And and so I'm very grateful for that.
0: That's wonderful. And one last thing I would like to add, since the tour is on lockdown, like the rest of us, what they're doing is a live stream every Tuesday at 5.30pm Eastern Time. I will provide a link to that in the show notes. Um, But if you go to drepung.org, you could probably find it there. They're doing a Medicine Buddha Puja, which is a prayer chanting, and you can watch them live on the internet and kind of just sit and meditate with them and hear the chanting and absorb the energy. And there is so much that we haven't covered that there is to learn. Again, there will be links in the show notes to um, where you can learn more about everything. So I want to thank you both so much for spending so much time with me here today, for sharing all of that with the listeners. And I'm going to wrap it up. Please visit the website Speaking of Jung, that's J-U-N-G dot com, for more information on everything that was discussed in this episode. There you will also find all of the previous episodes of this podcast, which are available to stream or to download for free. This podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio and it will be available later in the week on our YouTube channel. You can also listen to this episode on your Amazon Echo device simply by saying, Alexa, play Speaking of Jung on Apple Podcasts or tune in. Just be sure to pronounce Jung with a hard J and pronounce, pronounce, pronounce. With special thanks to Gala Rinpoche, Teresa Vorenberg, Marcia Keegan, Harmon Hupton, Ira and Sylvia Serrett, and to Mary Charlotte at the Santa Fe Radio Café. This is Laura London, and you've been listening to a special quarantine edition of Speaking of Young.